Senator Deuteronomy 6 tonight. We're going to be ready, get right to it, but I do have some introductory thoughts and comments I want to make. Uh, I went to a place called Maranatha. Back in those days, it was called Maranatha Baptist Bible College. Now it's called Maranatha University. Sarah Fontaine went there as well. Do you know we have a world-class coach? It's coaching the, you're one of your classmates coaching the Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team. Just got a small raise the other day of $600,000 on his race. Uh, but uh, he's a Maranatha graduate, of course. His daddy taught me Greek. And uh, I went to the Maranatha Baptist College, and uh, we had a football, we had a full slate of uh, collegiate sports and so forth, had Olympic gold medal winners and so forth, and we had missionaries all around the world, of course, that served God and serving God and pastors and so forth. It was Dr. Cedarholm, this is before Sarah's day, I'm sure she heard many of the stories of folklore of Dr. Cedarholm, he was a University of Minnesota graduate, Princeton University graduate, and uh, I, all of us Guys used to imitate him, and every year, four years straight of chapel, at the beginning, the first week of chapel, or first, the fall of the school year, he would talk about the, the miracle of Maranatha, and uh, he told us how the school started, and just in a miraculous form, and he'd spend an hour to tell us a story every, I always look forward to hearing the, the miracle of Maranatha, and I want to give you the miracle of Harvest Baptist Church. The easiest message I have to preach, uh, in fact, uh, I don't even have to study for this message, of course. I just have many things off the top of my head. I wrote down just a few notes I want to share with you. But the Bible says, I ask you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Oh, okay, admit it, I get winded, winded nowadays here. I'm already winded here, just walking up and down the stairs, and I have to put on my glasses to read now. But... Uh, in Deuteronomy 6, before we look at the same passage that we looked at this morning or touched on, uh, Psalm 118, verse 23 says, This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And I'd like to, oh, yeah, okay, I got it, I got it. I'm, technical difficulties. I'm getting there. Okay, you can quit waving now. <laughs> it's the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Are we on? Are we on now? Are we on now? Okay. And uh, when I think of how God has blessed us, the Bible says that we should not forget how God has blessed us. And uh, we should remember our heritage. We talked about that this morning. Just quickly, Deuteronomy 6, verse number 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shall talk over them uh, of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Verse t- ten through twelve, for time's sake, God said in verse number ten, and it shall be that when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto the, his fa- thy fathers, etc., etc., etc. Verse eleven: Your house is full. I'm paraphrasing. Your house is full and of good things, and uh, like brand new pianos and. New shuttle buses and new signs, new front porch, front steps in a beautiful building and nine and a half acres and five million dollars of property. Uh, then beware, verse number 12, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And I think it's so many miracles that God has done for us. When Paul and Silas got back from their missionary journey, it says in Acts 14, 27, one more verse. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. I would need several hours. I would Honestly, I could preach for uh, uh, a month of Sundays easily and a 
for Sunday night services on just explaining all the miracles that God has blessed us with over these 35 years. And for the sake of new people, I want to share just to have a chance to just share two or three of them with you. And uh, for the sake of the old folks, I like to hear the stories all over again myself. And uh, I only have time, though, to share two or three or four top stories with you, of course. And I want to go way back, if we could, to 35 years ago when I became pastor of our, our church. We had five people, and I don't say that with any boast or brag, but we had five members. We were meeting in the storefront. Uh, we had a grand total. We had about $5,000, which was a lot of money back in those days. And uh, that was all that we had. We didn't have a... But we had a rented building and so forth. And how God, uh, fast forward the story for three or four months, how God uh, brought us to 624 Torrenford West Street. Uh, some of you don't know where the old building even was, of course, but if you go down to uh, the Dunkin' Donuts and Jimmy's store and the Cumberland Farms, the, the intersection there, and you hang the hard right in the school, there's a school on the left-hand side in the Lutheran Church, a little farther down the street on the left. We were the little white church building there for... Oh, 14 years uh, we met there, of course. Our auditorium was the size of smaller, our auditorium was smaller than our foyer uh, you know, that we now have, of course. We went to two services fairly early on in those early days, but Lord blessed uh, the first service. We had 17 people, I'll never forget that, uh, on a cold January, and I was happy to have 17 people there, to be honest with you, in uh, 1986, the first Sunday of 1986. First Sunday, it was at the church. We had 11. That was Connie Sonny and I. Brother and Sister Abbott were there and so forth. But uh, back in uh, uh, August, and I won't go through that story, but I just want to share with you just some, hand, some cherry-picked miracles how God miraculously took care of his church. And God, to God be the glory of great things he hath done. And he takes care of our church in so many miraculous ways. It's hard to describe, of course, but... Uh, 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 for the record, again, none of this is to, meant to bring attention to myself. I hope you don't take it that way. But uh, we worked full-time for the first seven and a half years, worked a full-time 40-hour-a-week job, and uh, the first seven and a half years of the church. And we were just, the first year we brought in $22,000, of course, and the year before I got there, the church brought in. The next year we went into, I remember we brought in, I think, $36,000, then we started to go up from there. And... Uh, but I'll never forget our little building at 624 Torrenford West Street. How many were in that building? How many of you were there? Uh, boy, oh boy, less, less as years go by, just a handful of us. And uh, we were in that little tiny building, 2,000 square foot building, about the size of our front, uh, again, our foyer and our bathrooms and our cry room and our stairwell. That was about the size of the whole church. And uh, I remember uh, the church was owned by the Church of Christ. They went under. And uh, it was miraculous how we got into the building. One, one, one week in December of 1985 it was. We had no place to meet. We got kicked out of our storefront rental. We, uh, we just had a baby, a three-pound baby girl named Kristen Beth. And uh, we didn't have any place to meet. I was teaching full-time at a Christian school in Danbury. We were, Sonny was working full-time in Danbury. And we were commuting back and forth to Torrington, of course. And, and we came to the building. It's 624-24 West building, of course. And that little humble building that had been vacant for two years. And I wish I had time to tell you this story. I remember driving up to the preacher's house. I uh, found out somehow through the grapevine, the old preacher from the neighbor uh, that lived up by, on Highland Lake in Winstead. And I drove up there, and I didn't know this at the time. It was, you know, sometimes ignorance is bliss. But he was on the outs with the Church of Christ's denomination. I didn't know that any of that. This story has a 34-year tale to it. It's uh, come to... Uh, 
in a few months back, just, but uh, I talked to this preacher, and he said, sure, you want to rent the building? I'll be happy to rent the building to you. He had no authority whatsoever to rent the building to us. And uh, so, uh, make a long story short, we got in the building. Next thing you know, I get a call from the head office from, from Texas. This is after we're in the building, the Church of Christ denominational. The guy's name was, I still remember this name, his name, Jim Dollar was his name. I don't know if some of you old-timers remember Jim Dollar. He pastored the church uh, 40-something years ago. And uh, he said, who gave you authority to go in that building? And I said, well, the preacher did. And uh, he, said, he said, well, he didn't have the authority to do that. And, and uh, there was a little, you know, we went, uh, we went above the heads or underneath or however you want to say it. But we got in the building. God, there was one little miracle. that it was just amazing how that happens. And then, and then uh, I got a call just six months ago. 35 years later, I get a call. Are you the church that, somebody told me you're the church where Pastor Jim Dollar pastored many years ago, 40 years ago. He finally died last year sometime, and they wanted to bring him back to his home church to, to, to uh, have a service. And I, says, and I had to explain how we moved from there 20 years ago, yada, 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 and, and so forth. So his name came up 35 years after the fact. But the Lord brought us, you know, we got in undercover, if you will. We got in under that building, first service, we had 17 people. And uh, I remember sitting in the back of our auditorium, and some of you remember that quaint auditorium. I still dream about it from time to time. It's a little, you know, about one half the size of uh, one uh, our side section of our church. We had, I think we had seven pews. We put a side pew over, and we packed in on our good days. Before we got out of there, we were packing in over 100 people in this little, tiny little church building. And in uh, good days, 150 and so forth. And then we moved over to the school gymnasium uh, for our second service, and and of course, the Lord was really blessed. And fast forwarding the story here, but but uh, we still rented that building, and uh, we tried to buy the building. And one day, a certain preacher who's still in town, and I, I'll leave this unnamed, even if you ask me after the service, I won't tell you who it is because some of you know who he is. After 35 years, they're still meeting in a rented facility. He's a nice guy. He's a nice man of God. I'll just say it that way. Uh, different stripe, different persuasion. Uh, but he's been meeting. He was, had full-time missionary support. We had no support whatsoever. He was getting full-time mission support and able to, to purchase, a, or rather rent, a building. He came in with a real estate agent in a little auditorium. I happened to be there that day. He was sitting in the back of the auditorium, and here comes this real estate agent, an agent from the Church of Christ, and, uh, and, and this preacher that's still in town to this day. They're looking to buy it, and I remember sitting back, and uh, some of you remember Tim Mosley. Tim Mosley walked in, and that, you old-timers know who I'm talking about, of course. Pray for Tim. He's got some cancer treatments he's got to go through. He's, done, he's, he's Gil Targadino's stepbrother. But uh, Tim walked in at, shortly after this meeting that we had, but they came in to see the building, and uh, I said, they're going to buy this building right underneath us. We were in the building for a year and a half. We had no place to meet. And uh, no, no money, no denomination, I'm working full-time. Here comes this pastor in that's on full-time missionary support with a denomination, a nationwide denomination behind him, and the real estate, his real estate agent and their real estate agent and the Church of Christ representative. And, and I remember sitting back, and uh, it's embarrassing to tell you this, I remember after they left, I remember crying, thinking, we're, we're going to lose this building. And uh, long story short, that's when Tim walked in, and we cried together for a while. Okay, I'm over it. And, uh, and we, uh, we prayed. And, and, uh, and I sent a letter. I got to fast forward the story. But uh, they wanted $155,000 for the building. 
we didn't have $55, so it was $155,000. And uh, making a long story short, I wrote a real sympathetic letter where Gospel Preaching Church were trying to, uh, old typewriters, you know, Smith Corona, you know. And uh, uh, it's typed out a nice letter. It said, you know, we would really appreciate it if you sold the building. I didn't know where we were going to get $100,000 from, but I said, we'll give you $100,000 for the building. And I got this terse letter back. The price remains $155,000. We're not interested in your offer. Have a great day. Something to that effect, a two-line letter. And uh, within two weeks, to fast forward the story, we had a contract on our desk for $100,000. Now the only problem was how to get the $100,000, of course. <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, raising, raising that money, of course. We raised $30,000, $33,000 and change. We had the, the big, it went all the way to the ceiling. We had a high, high ceiling, about this high, not, well, not this high, but maybe yay high, whatever. And we had the thermometer. I made one of those thermometers out of, out of uh, poster board all the way to the top, you know, $30,000. $30, and we were down at about $17,000 or so that we had saved and so forth. And making a long story short, we, we raised that money in about 30 days and went to the bank. And the bank said, uh, they, they taunted us, uh, the bank owner, well, how do you know you're going to make the money? Had no denomination behind us, no anything behind us. He says, and back in those days, I held on my hand. Essentially, we did a handshake. He said, we'll trust you for it. And we, we, we got the loan for $70,000. Then, uh, fast forward to another story. About three years later, 1990 it was, uh, the land for sale came up on the one acre that's still vacant to this day. I love this story. And I love, uh, I love the fact that we bought this land. It was 1.6 acres next to the little building. It's still, it hasn't changed a bit, not a bit. And since we bought that in 1990, of course. But the land was for, for sale for $150,000. And I knew if we were going to expand, that we needed to buy that land, of course. And we were going to build a 200-seat auditorium. We had plans drawn up. We spent $8,000 for initial architect plans and so forth to build a 200-seat auditorium on that new land. And we had hoops and hurdles to jump through. We tried for five years. Uh, well, I'm getting ahead of the story again here. We... We, uh, the land was for sale for $150,000, and I've told this story, but I, I love it. Turn to Psalm 105 real quickly here, and, and uh, Psalm 105, and I, while you're turning to 105, this is the days my office is about the size, my, oh really, this is a perfect example. I think the piano bay was larger than my office, I'm not joking. Uh, I had, a, had my three-by-five desk in there and had some bookshelves, and I could seat two people in there alongside, and we were just crammed. You know, it was like, a, you know, a fly had to do, you know, a, a circuit, uh, you know, had to do the same route around, around the room. It was so small, but uh, uh, I remember being in that room. I had an old rotary dial phone. How many remember those, you know? The, the black rotary dial phone, of course, you know? And uh, this is pre-computer days, of course. Pre, I, we used to do our bulletins by hand, by stencil, if you can imagine that, and, uh, and uh, it's 1988, I guess, well, 89 rather, and then, then the turn of 1990, I guess it was, and uh, the land for sale across the way was 175000 for the 1.6 acres. It's still vacant to this day, and uh, that was, the market was going up, and KinderCare, the, the daycare organization, were trying to buy it and so forth, and there's a, well, enough years have gone by, I can just tell you who it really is, some of you already know, but it was a, the, the, the owner of, I could say his name, but we'll leave it out, the, the, the brother, the, the Action Life Game Park in Goshen, well, his brother owned our, our, the land that we bought. And uh, he, had a, he has a business in Torrington. He has a factory in Torrington. Some of you know who I'm talking about. I'll leave his name to you. Ask me after the service. And uh, I called him and tried to 
you know, used to Christian thing, you know, try to try to get him down. He didn't want to hear anything down too low and and so forth. He wanted his hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Make a long story short, I I wrote a, a piece of paper. I'm sitting at my desk in my made my made big office. I wrote a piece of paper. Ladies, I wrote down the names of 18 men. Don't get mad at me. 18 men back in those days. This is 1989, 1990, I guess it was. 1989, the end of the year. And I wrote down these names and I said, Lord, of the 18 men, six of them worked. Six didn't have jobs and six were retired. And I don't think they had pensions. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty poor list. I was on that list myself. And it's like, I'm looking at the list. We have no money. We're $70,000 in debt. We want to buy a $150,000 piece of property. And I said, so how are we going to do this? And I remember saying, I had the list right in front of me. And I said, Lord, and we had a time schedule to buy this property or it was going to get passed over. And, uh, and I said, Lord, that's a few men. I remember saying in my mind, I think I said it out loud to myself. I was sitting in the office all by myself. I said, that's a few men. That's very few. God, if you're in this, you want us to buy that land, you're going to have to give me a sign from heaven. God is my witness. I've never done this before. I've never done it after. I do not recommend that you do this. But I took my Bible and I says, God, if you're in this, you've got you've got to show me what, what we should do. I took my Bible and I did one of these numbers. Just opened it up and I went like this. I God strike me dead if I'm telling you exactly how it happened. I mean, that's how it happened. And I came to Psalm 105. Now I know what Psalm 105 says. Some of you know what it says. It's the rehearsing of the nation of Israel. I wish I had time to read it all. I'm not going to take time. Oh, give thanks. Verse number one. Unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing, sing unto him, sing psalms, sing unto him. Glory to his holy name, in his holy, in his holy name, verse number three. And remember, verse number five, remember his marvelous works that he hath done. I read that and I said, oh God, you've been so good to me. Been so good to this church. His wonders and his judgments and his power. And I got down to verse number eight. And he remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. God's the covenant keeping God. We prayed for that building. God gave us the building. We prayed for the land. We walked around that land seven times. I want to tell you that story before we get done here about walking around that land seven times with a fellow by the name of Dave, his first name was. And then as I'm reading, I got my list of 18 men in front of me. And I'm reading and I say, in a, and I get to verse number 9, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. And I got to verse number 11, saying unto thee, I will give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. Man, I read that, and I, we had already prayed for this land, and I, I said, and I, we claimed this land for the glory of God. God, you're going to give us this land. And I read verse number 10. That got me excited. I didn't know my Bible too well. I didn't know what 11 said. Then I read verse number, excuse me, verse number 12. And the Bible says, when they, were, when they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it. And I had a hallelujah fit, I'm telling you right there. And I jumped from my seat. I said, amen. I turned Pentecostal that, that day. I want you to know in my office. And, I became a charismatic. I got so excited. Uh, I grabbed that phone. I didn't need to pray more than five more seconds after that. I grabbed that phone. I called that famous multi-million dollar businessman that owns the company and owns this multi-million dollar man for sure. I called him up and got to, got to his secretary and said, I, I need to talk to him and I need to talk to him right now. He said, we'll buy that land and uh, we'll, we'll give you 150000 for it. And, said, 
and, uh, and, and, and we bought it. And, uh, but then I had to come to the whole church family and say, folks, I just made a contract. I just bought a land for 150000 We had no money. Now, this is this story. There's zero embellishment in this story. I'll try to do this quickly here. I'm looking at time here. I got four minutes. There is a man and a woman in our church. Sonny knows who I'm talking about. And this same man by the name of Dave, we walked. He said, Preacher, do you believe God has that land? This is back in a few months earlier. Does that, God has that land for us? I said, yes, I do. He says, well, let's claim it like Joshua claimed Jericho. Let's walk around it seven times and pray. I'm with this old man, summer day, summertime day, 1989. We're walking around the land. We're praying out loud, him and I. I'm a 29-year-old kid. We're praying. We walked around the 1.6 acres seven times. We prayed, Lord, give us that land. So when this came up, he was my first believer. He said, preacher, God send this. We're going to do this somehow. We had no money. We only needed $150,000. And we only had a handful of people coming to church. And uh, God in his sovereignty, you can't make this stuff up. This man, I'll leave unnamed, but some of you, a few old timers know what I'm talking about. He had a fallout with his wife. They got, they got separated for a long time. In fact, several months. And uh, he prayed that his family would get together. We had a financial seminar at a dinner at Yankee Peddler scheduled for a Saturday night with Larry Maxwell, a finance seminary, a finance uh, banquet. And uh, four days before, I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday, after they'd been separated for several months, his husband and wife, they got miraculously together. It was a miracle. And they got together, and God uh, brought them together, and they came to the banquet that we had on Saturday night. This is a finance banquet. So Saturday night, they, they uh, came to the banquet together. On Sunday, they came to church for the first time in about six months. Monday morning, she went to work. I can tell you the place to work. Most of you old-timers would know this, the, the facility. She was a nurse. Monday morning, she went to work. Tuesday morning, she went to work. You can't make this up. 48 years old. Dropped over dead with a massive heart attack. She got right with her husband five days earlier. She went to a finance seminar on Saturday. She came to church on Sunday. She went to work on Monday. On Tuesday, she dies. And I say, preacher, what's the story? A week or two goes by. She had two children from another marriage, her first marriage. A week or two goes by. She had a fairly large life insurance policy. Well, when she separated from her husband, she put all the money into her kids' names. The day before she died on Monday, she went back into, and of course, the man, Dave, didn't know this happened. She went into the finance office the first thing Monday morning. She says, I need to get my life insurance policy turned over as my benefactor, my chief benefactor, as to my husband. This is Monday morning. Tuesday morning, God took her home. And you can imagine what uh, Brother Dave, will leave his last name unsaid, uh, he tithed off that fairly hefty life insurance policy. And Lord gave us, uh, we had to raise uh, 33000 I'm going off memory now. I think it was 33000 we raised, and we, we bought that. We had to come down with 20%. That's what it was, 20%. I think that's 30000 It is 30000 of 150000 to meet the bank's needs. So we, we bought that land. And then, as they say, and I'll give you the next 30 years of history in about 35 seconds, and then God just blessed. I never, by the way, I've never regretted, not one day did I ever regret buying that land for $150,000. It would show, God, God blessed us after that. 
exponentially in ways that I can't even, it'd take me days and years, I should write it down in a book, how God blessed us, of course. And then we came out here in 1996, we bought this $85,000, this nine and a half acres. We bought one acre for 1.6 acres for 150000 We bought this nine and a half acres for $85,000. And God gave us a miracle. We raised $45,000. How many of you were here for that time? Remember we raised that money? And we borrowed $40,000. That was an amazing story, too, from a preacher. Sight unseen, 15 minutes. He didn't tell me, but he pulled it out of his life or his retirement account to lend us money, $40,000. And we went to Pete Ebersole, Dick Ebersole's brother, and a lawyer in Torrington, and we got the deal brokered and we, for one year. And uh, then we came out here, this fast-moving fast story. We came out here with about $230,000 debt, and we broke ground on this building. You see the picture out there. Folks, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, by the way. <laughs> I was just a, just a young preacher that believed that God was on the throne and God could do great things. And then I had a bunch of young, dumb Christians as well that thought that God could do great things. We just walked, came out with our shovels, planted them in the ground and said, and uh, we had the, the, the Jehovah Witnesses, they put their building up in, uh, in three days. They had a three-day plan. We had the three-year and three-month plan. And uh, we, 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 we raised, we had, a, we had a miracle Sunday where we raised $55,000 in one Sunday. We came out here, we dug our foundation. Remember how long that foundation stood here, sat here with nothing on it, not a stick of lumber, a year and a half. And uh, boy, I can't even tell you the heat we got from planning and zoning and from building inspectors and from everybody, all things governmental uh, in New Hartford. But God blessed, and three years later, we moved into this building, about a million dollars in debt, and God took care of us and provided for us. Our latest little miracle has been the fact that we're going to have a gorgeous grand piano here sitting here uh, in a week or so. And uh, the bus was a miracle, and uh, we moved in with our basement not done. None, nothing was done downstairs. It was just, just bare sheet rock, no, no carpet, no, no, no uh, ceramic tile, or no, nothing like that, no bathrooms, no anything. It was just we moved in with only half the church done, and as they say, the rest is history. God's been so good to us, and I want you to know that he says the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. And I've seen God time and time again. It still astounds me after 35, almost working on 36 years of pastoring, how God still takes care of us. I've said it 187 times in the last year and a half publicly. It seems like every Sunday I say it, but it was a tough year last year. But God provided in a wonderful way, incredible way. In fact, I want to sing, Brother Dave, would you come to the piano one more time? And let's sing, how about first and last verse of To God Be the Glory.